Hello and welcome to the State News Sports Roundtable. I am your host, Eli McCowan, and today I'm joined by the State News Defense basketball team with Jaina Bardall and Sarah Sidwell. Guys, how are we doing today? Beautiful day, doing well. How are you guys? Doing pretty good. I'm glad to be here. Today, I, I went for a walk this morning. I, I got out. We just got a new basketball hoop actually in our driveway. And I went out and I was like, I'm do basketball for a minute. Went for a walk and I was just like, this is great. I'm, March is here. Beautiful. I mean, it's I'm, I'm, I'm ready for it. I'm ready for March. I'm ready for basketball. And that's what we're talking about today. Specifically with men's hoops. They defeated Michigan yesterday. Today's Monday. They defeated Michigan yesterday afternoon. Um, it's not official, but it, it looks incredibly likely that Tom Izzo and Michigan State will be continuing that NCAA tournament appearance streak. We went from 22 to 23. Um, big win for them after being beat by 19 points, win by nine. Um, so I guess, Jaina, I'll start with you, kind of just your general thoughts about yesterday's game. Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest takeaways from yesterday's game were Rocket Watts and Joey Hauser, because I think they played in a way that people have been waiting for them to play. And I think Izzo and the rest of the team has been waiting for them to play as well. And it was interesting. They were able to Michigan state as a whole, you know, seemed pretty controlled in, in the game. And they kind of seemed to have control over Michigan the entire time. They never let, let it get away from themselves. They, they held a steady lead. They were able to pull it out at the end. Even when Michigan crept up a little bit, they were able to prove that they could hold it out and hold out the, hold out the lead till the end. But Rocket Watts and Joey Hauser were my biggest takeaways from yesterday, for sure. Just they both played with a lot more confidence, which I think we've seen both of them struggle. Like they get the ball and they kind of don't know if they want to shoot it or what to do with it in past games. They've they've seen seemed a little timid, but yesterday they looked like they had their confidence back. And hopefully that'll be able to be a consistent thing for them and can translate into future games. Sarah, I'll swing it to you as well. Kind of some of your basic takeaways from yesterday's game, too. Yeah, like I said, uh, or like Jana said, um, everybody knows Aaron Henry and Josh Langford, obviously, but it was kind of the biggest surprise that Rocket Watts and Joey Hauser were the two that came out on top last night, um, especially because Rocket didn't play the last 17 minutes against Michigan on Thursday, and he played pretty much the whole game yesterday and ended up with 21 points, you know, that kind of, he had a pretty career high night. Um, and his mom was actually in the crowd, too, for the first time in his collegiate career. So that was really sweet to hear about after the game. Um, I really think that they have this winning formula of the less turnovers, the less fouls, the better kind of locked down. We've kind of seen it over the last few games. Um, if they have more turnovers, it tends to more than 10 turnovers. It tends to be like the point or the scores stay pretty close and they kind of fluctuate back and forth until near the end. But if they have less than that, um, it tends to, you know, solidify a win earlier in the game. Like you can kind of tell that, like, okay, they've got this locked down. After halftime, they're they're going to be do, they're going to do this fine. Um, and then yesterday night specifically, Izzo said that they were doing a lot better more a lot better offensively than they were on Thursday. Um, he said their defense was still, you know, pretty okay. It wasn't the best, but. Um, they managed to get pretty good offense against Michigan because Michigan on Thursday was really, really, really good at defense in Ann Arbor. And that was something that he wanted to fix. He wanted to kind of flip the script and he managed to do that. Uh, He made those adjustments that were necessary and it paid off. And now here they go into Indy with um, a win against another top five team. Yeah. I thought that one of the other things too, from yesterday, 
game in general too is just the, the the effort and then especially on the defensive end i mean you look the reason you know you talk about rocket watching bench for 17 minutes you know 17 minutes was a lot of because we saw that moment and it was kind of like there at the end of the, the first half we saw dickinson goes to the bench with two fouls looks like he's gonna be done for the half as you can see it starts to make a run but then that technical foul happens on henry he goes to the bench momentum kind of shifts and then beginning of the second half it just seemed like the momentum stayed there after hunter dickinson dives for that loose ball one of the least athletic players on the court in Hunter Dickinson gets to a ball before Rocket Watts does. And you, when you play for Izzo teams, you're not going to get away with that. And then, you know, he gets benched for those 17 minutes. He comes out and he plays hard. Watts plays probably the best game. He, I mean, it's the best game he's had probably in his career um, yesterday, for sure, I think. And then it was also just defensively did on the other end, too. I thought he did well. Because at moments, he can be a good perimeter defender when he wants to be. It's just like it's depend- it just there's like a switch with him. He either wants to or he doesn't, seems like. And you know what Henry's going to bring. You know what Langford's going to bring in the defensive end. And I really thought the other thing, too, was Bingham and Marble in those minutes, kind of splitting that up as well defensively. And Bingham's length just really altered with Dickinson. And then Marble's size, his ability to kind of just one-on-one him and go with him, um, I thought was just phenomenal um, the way they were able to do that. And they weren't able to do that as much in the game before because of the kind of the way the officiating goes. There was a lot more, like, touch fouls and things like that. And then Marble and Bingham, they kind of were on the bench and things go differently. But I just felt like it was a perfect storm for them to be able to pull that one off. I agree with everything you guys were. So in the last 16 days, though, that's their third top five win against, they had one against Ohio State, one against Illinois. And then the last, you know, yesterday against Michigan. Sarah, I'll go back to you. I mean, what has been kind of, what's kind of changed for Michigan State in your mind to make this kind of a push and this kind of a run this late in the season to be able to make the tournament? Um, so that's kind of what Tom has always known for in his 26 years of coaching. He's been the person that can make something out of nothing. And this has been an uncharacteristically like dreadful season. Like everybody hates this season. And he was like, just wait, just wait. And now that it's March, he's flipped that narrative. And I mean, he's made something out of nothing. And that's, um, that's a big thing when it gets close to tournament time. Um, I feel like Tom coaches for March specifically. He doesn't coach for like the regular season. He coaches specifically for tournament time. And one thing that has definitely stood out to me has been their lineup. Um, They've kind of taken the lineup and switched it around a lot this season. And it's, it was, they switched it around again last night, which was kind of shocking. Um, But they've kind of found like the, it's an almost perfect starting lineup. You could say with um, Rocket, Aaron, Josh, and Gabe those four seem to have like the give the contribution and lead them to victory, which started back in Bloomington, I think was the first game they all started together. Um, And then, you know, throwing in AJ Malik, Julius and Marcus, like here and there, whether they come off the bench or they start like that, those eight players are definitely their key um, players. Uh, Joey Hauser is also in there. Obviously Foster was before uh, his shoulder injury, which, if people didn't know, he got surgery. He now, you know, has a sling. He's on the side. Uh, his season is over, so he won't be playing in the tournament. But, um, yeah, I think that they're trying – they're kind of, like, figuring themselves out. They've kind of realized where – who belongs where and who, like – like, I just lost my train of thought. Um, <laughs> I wanted to see – Going going off of that lineup thing, I want to talk a little bit about Jack Hoiberg last night because oh, he yes. came in when no one expected him to. And really, I thought he came in end of first half because Langford was in foul trouble. 
two fouls and Izzo likes to bench people when they have two fouls in the first half. So Hoiberg comes in. But then we see him again in the second half at a time I did not think he was going to come in. I mean, what what did you guys think about that? Yeah, it was really strange because I remember the, um, the announcer saying, like, Jack Hoiberg is in for Josh Langford. And I was like, that's not a name you ever hear being put in for Josh Langford, like, ever. Like, when Jack Hoiberg goes on the floor, same with, like, Stephen Izzo and um, Davis Smith and, like, the, those underclassmen, it's kind of like, oh, you know, we're winning by a lot. So he's just throwing them in for fun or we're losing by a lot. And he's just, again, throwing them in for fun because there's no chance. Um, so to hear like Jack Hoiberg being thrown in, not only at the five minute mark in the first first half, but then he was thrown in at like 14 minutes in the second half. And I was like, this is such a random time to throw this kid in. But they, he, was, he was really good on defense against some of their really good players. And I think that that's where like we benefited last night, just watching him like run around the court which is, it was nice. It was a good change of pace. For Jack too. I mean, you want to talk about a kid who's just, I mean, he's his coaches, he's a coach's son, you know, his dad's over at Nebraska, Chicago Bulls head coach, um, did awesome stuff at Iowa state before going to the pros. And now he's back at Nebraska and he's probably going to do a good job in Nebraska too. But you know, you, you watch Jack. I mean, he's somebody who doesn't need the ball on offense. He's kind of just, if you watch him on offense, he would just rotate around the three point line, cut to the basket, rotate, you know, looking for an open shot if he got it, but he's not somebody who needs the ball in his hand. Maybe like when Rocket, when he's on the floor or somebody like, or an Aaron Henry or something like that, he can kind of just be on the floor, be a nice presence. And he's just a very, like, very smart player when you watch him on defense. He's not the biggest guy. I mean, I, I literally walking away from the women's game on Saturday, I walked past him, him and Kithier on the way there. And I'm like, Hoiberg's only got like an inch or so on me. And I'm five foot nine. Like he's not the biggest kid. He's not, you know, he's not, or anything but he just does what he does well he knows his role he fits it well and I, it was good to see him and I wouldn't be surprised if we didn't see you know with Foster being out and if there is foul trouble with someone like Langford or someone's having if there's an injury seeing more of him just because he he just brings a presence I thought last year there were a couple games where he started or he played a lot of minutes I think it was against Eastern I think Cassius got a rest last year and I don't think he started but I think he played like 15-20 minutes and he can give you solid minutes and actually play a really good job at the point guard spot. So it should be fun. I am interested to see if that is a continuation, if that's something, because it's fun to watch him play. Yeah, I agree. And I think, like you said, he is a smart player because there was maybe he had two looks last night um, from where we were sitting and he had two like wide open looks. And Sarah and I kind of looked at each other. and We were like, is he going to shoot it? And he didn't. He passes it along because he knows that's not, you know, his job on the court and he's there to, like he's not there to shoot the ball and so he's a smart player and he wasn't going to make a shot where Izzo wasn't going to be happy with the shot that he took so he's smart and I agree I was I've been wondering if we'd see more of him coming into the Big Ten tournament and maybe the NCAA tournament and I think it's a possibility especially given the performance he had yesterday yeah it'll be interesting with the Big Ten tournament that's we're going to talk about next so they're matched up with Maryland who ended up being the eighth seed they fell to Penn State over the weekend they had they won they Michigan State would be facing Rutgers the eighth seed if they win well winner of that game is going to move on to face Michigan again so Sarah I'll go back to you um I'm curious your thoughts on this matchup between them and Maryland and just the Big Ten tournament as a whole for Michigan State what you kind of think they're going to be trying to do in those couple of games here um so I'm nervous, as I'm sure everybody else is, because the last time we played Maryland, or the only time we played Maryland this past season, they lost by, like, 
I don't know how to do with quick math of 75, 53, like 15 ish points, maybe. Um, so it, it was definitely their downfall. And I'm kind of worried that like, we're going to get there and we're going to sit down at that game and it's just going to completely like crumble in the first half. And then MSU is not going to get to see much other postseason action. Um, Cause you know, that game against Maryland, they came out looking like the same team that came out at the beginning of the season where they were struggling and they didn't really have that momentum or that stamina. They looked bored. They looked tired. Um, and part of me is superstitious. I think it's those uniforms, the black uniforms that don't have like their names or anything on them. Um, I feel they've lost every game that they're wearing them in them. So hopefully they don't bust them out at all during the tournament. Cause that would just in my head, that's an automatic, like they're just going to lose. Um, so yeah, but against Maryland, they shot 33.3% overall, which was their lowest performance since January 31st. So that's kind of saying something obviously that they were like, definitely not on the top of their game, but they managed to come back after Maryland and they beat Indiana again. And then they beat Michigan, um, once. So there's hope. Um, Neither team is going to have a home court advantage. Obviously, like they played at Maryland, so Maryland had that home court advantage. Nobody has that at Lucas Oil. So there's a better shot, but at the same time, it's just kind of like, hopefully, but I'm not getting my hopes up too high because I know that like they've gone through a lot these last two weeks, and now they're going straight from 16 straight days of play to tournament time. So they're tired. They're like they just want to relax but they can't yet because it's not over when I look at Michigan State's last game with Maryland um, about two weeks ago now I kind of look back at it and I think that Michigan State beat themselves I don't think that Maryland really beat them and I think we we talked a lot of in these last two weeks about Michigan State being fatigued given that they were playing three games a week for two weeks straight and I think an when they were at Maryland, that fatigue first hit because before that they beat Illinois at home, they beat Ohio State at home, and then they hit the road and go to Maryland like a day after they beat Ohio State and they were tired. And at Maryland, Maryland played well is right, not Mel Maryland played well also, and I'm not taking away from that, but I think that we could see Michigan State, their legs were tired. They were, you know, their shots weren't falling because the shots weren't even making it to the rim. Like they they were just tired and fatigued. So I think heading into Thursday, this is going to be the biggest break they've had. They've played Michigan Sunday. They're going to break until Thursday when they'll play Maryland. And I think that is going to be a factor in this because this Michigan State team hasn't been able to sit down and take a deep breath in a while. And I think that it should look like a different matchup than that first matchup with Maryland because I think Michigan State has that little bit of rest on themselves and like I said, I think Michigan State beat themselves in that first matchup, and they're not going to let them beat themselves again in a tournament setting, especially. I thought Maryland that last game, the one thing they did do, and I do think I agree with what you guys said. I mean, that game was a game where they came in and they were fatigued. You could see it. I think that that was a game where also where Maryland did the one thing they did do a nice job of was they limited Aaron Henry because it's the game before that where he kind of just took over when they needed him to. And Aaron, Henry, but they didn't let that happen. So they didn't let Aaron Henry get to the rim. You kind of saw him play defense, kind of like inside the three-point line. They weren't really coming out. They're were basically daring Michigan State. They're like, shoot, 
they're like, well, dare you to shoot. And they couldn't hit their shots. They were tired. They weren't hitting the rims and stuff like that. So it's going to be interesting. I could see this more. I see this more as an opportunity for Michigan State now beating Michigan that puts you in a spot where you don't necessarily need to beat Maryland. Um, they're viewed as, as a lock now at this point of getting in. I think that I think that's pretty safe to say that they're in at this point. I could see this more as a game where Izzo's not going to rest his guys to an extent, but I could see this as a game where maybe Aaron Henry, instead of playing that 35 minutes or 33 to 35 minutes, maybe he's playing closer to 25 to 30. And just seeing more, seeing, getting more guys out, getting, you know, letting people freshen their legs up. And then, because I don't know how much Michigan State wants to see a team like Michigan again, you know, after that. You know, you get the win, you kind of want to just leave with that split. I don't know, you know, it's just kind of one of those things that I was going to go, but. It'll be interesting to see. I'm excited for that matchup again. It'll be interesting. Um, Michigan State, as of now, we're going to start talking a little bit about the Big Ten and the tourney here. So Michigan State right now, according to CBS's Bracketology by Jerry Palm, listed as a nine seed, actually. And by uh, Joe Lenardi, I believe they were listed as an 11 on ESPN. Um, so we'll get to them in a moment, but we're going to go through a few of these Big Ten teams here quickly before we kind of wrap up here. Uh, we'll go through the nine that are all pretty much going to be in the Big Ten tournament. All nine seem to be locks at this point. And we'll start with the team who just won the Big Ten regular season, and that's Michigan. Um, and kind of talking about what their NCAA tournament ceiling is, where we think they can reach the top. I think we did this last year, Jaina. I think it was actually Ryder, you and I, that did this last year, if I remember correctly. Um, but we'll just talk about the ceiling, where we think they can kind of reach. Um, Jaina, I'll start with you in Michigan, where you think they where their heights are for the NCAA tournament this season. Yeah, I mean, Michigan's a solid team, and we know that, uh, but they're also beatable, which we've seen. I mean, I saw a lot of tweets talking about the hype around Michigan was was valid because they're they're a solid team and they're a good team, but they also had that 20-day break where they didn't play a lot of games, and they they have significantly less games played in the regular season than a lot of other teams, so they're really good, but they are beatable. And we've seen that. I mean, Michigan State beat them. Illinois beat them. And also going off of Michigan, I think it will be interesting to see Eli Brooks. Um, since he got hurt yesterday, I know there's not an update on him. And I think he, he should be back. It was just a weird landing on his ankle, but that did affect their offense a lot. And I saw a couple stats in their loss against Minnesota. He was out as well in that it was kind of like a mirror image between the Minnesota game and their game against Michigan state in terms of how their offense played. But Michigan is a solid team. I see them going pretty far. I think, you know, depending on matchups, I think they have final four potential. Um, But that doesn't go to say that it's not March. And also, even though they have a pretty solid record so far, I think they are a beatable team and they, you know, it could come for a surprise, but I'll say final four potential for sure. Sarah, what you thinking about Michigan? Yeah, I feel like because they had that break, they have a little bit more steam in them, and they're definitely going to make it farther than MSU. Um, maybe not Final Four, but like maybe the Elite Eight in my book, probably. It'd be shocking if they win the whole thing. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they did make it to the Final Four, but I just I feel like they're going to kind of burn out before then. Yeah, I think my thing with Michigan right now, I think with Eli Brooks, that's going to be interesting to see. That offense didn't really run the same once he was out, and we've seen that in multiple games now. And we'll see what that ankle injury. Juwan said in his press conference today he wasn't really sure. He didn't have an update. So that's, that's a red flag to me instantly about injury, especially when both times you're being, there's kind of just some weirdness about it. That's where things can get kind of funky. Um, my main concern with Michigan is just running, running teams in March that run their teams through a big man. We've seen it with Iowa and Luka Garza the past couple of years. 
and some of those different teams who've had that running it, your offense through Hunter Dickinson kind of limits you, especially if he gets in foul trouble. And that's kind of my main concern about Michigan. I like them a lot. And I think they're a final four team at this point. Cause I, I just think looking down at like the lower seeds, when you start getting the two, three, four, five range, they're not as strong as in years past. Um, but I think this Michigan team's a final four type of team, but it wouldn't surprise me if they're one of the teams that struggle to an extent of certain matchups, especially ones who could defend Hunter Dickinson one-on-one. Um, the next one is Illinois, and I'll start off with Illinois on this one. Um, I think I have the, probably the bold take of everyone probably here. I think they're a national title type of team. Um, just the way they're playing as of late, they're playing their best basketball at the right time. Uh, Ayo DeSumo's just he's, – he's even got like the March storyline going for him right now with the bat the, – calling himself Batman with the mask and everything. And the way Kofi Cockburn and Trent Frazier, those guys are playing right now and how they were able to play without Ayo is just really impressive. I think this team's built for March. I like them a lot. I don't see, I think they can match up and play different games. I think they're kind of matchup proof a little bit. Um, this should be really fun. I think that, I think they're a team that's going to be really fun and maybe return to those 2004, 2005 kind of days. I think they're a final four team. I think they're a team that can win a national title. Uh, Jane, I'll go back to you. What are you kind of thinking about Illinois? I was going to say the same thing as you. I like, I like Illinois to go farther more than I like Michigan right now. And I did just say, I think Michigan is a final four team. So I'll say that Illinois is a championship game team. I don't know whether they'll take it, but I think that they, I think they have a good shot at making it that far to the title game. Like you said, I mean, we have AO and he, he's been out um, or he was out in, in one of their past matchups and they still, you know, played just fine without him. And I think that says a lot about a team, you know, they have, they have a couple guys that they can turn to, which is good come March. Like you said, Michigan, they kind of rely on Hunter Dickinson and that could put them in some trouble. So Illinois has a lot of different guys that they can look to. I think they're very well prepared for March play and they they're balanced on both sides of the court in terms of offense and defense. And I see them in the title game as well. Yeah, I would say that Illinois is probably going to go farther than Michigan. Um, But then again, they've also had some very faulty losses to smaller teams or teams that aren't doing as hot, specifically Michigan State. So that one's very up in the air. But I do feel like this year I'm hearing a lot better things about Illinois than I typically would. Um, So it gives me a lot more like, okay, they're probably going to make it a little bit farther than like you expect. And I feel like they're going to be like a team that kind of shocks everybody. And it's just kind of like comes out on top. Sorry, I'm muted. Uh, go back to you, Sarah, again about Ohio State um, as well. You know, they've they've been on a rough patch as of late, but what are you kind of thinking of Ohio State at this point? Um, I'd say Sweet 16 will be the farthest they make it. Um, I'm not – like you said, they've been on a rough patch lately, and even though they're ranked pretty high in the nation in the AP polls, I just feel like there's going to be a very uncharacteristic and – like disappointing loss that they're going to go through and that's going to kind of just shoot them in the foot and they're going to be out. Um, so sweet 16, maybe elite eight, but I don't think they're going to be in the top four or anywhere near title. Yeah. I, I think I have to agree. I, I just, I think they're kind of that sweet 16 elite 18. They're not playing their best basketball at the right time. I think that's my biggest thing about, a team when I look at teams going into March is like, are you playing basketball well right now? Like I, I don't like to look back to November and December. It's like, what have you done for me lately? Kind of thing. 
in Ohio State as of late was they've had some injuries. They've had some stuff going on, but they just haven't played their best basketball of late. Uh, I think they're Sweet 16 Elite Eight, um, but I don't know if they're going much farther than that. I think they're doing some good things there, though. So it'll be interesting to see how they kind of wrap up. Jada, kind of some quick thoughts on Ohio State. Yeah, I was going to agree with you guys. I don't see them going very far. Obviously, they started off strong, but like you said, Eli, when it comes to March, it kind of, you have to be playing good now because there's not a lot of time to fix those kinks either if if things are falling apart. So I, I don't see Ohio State making it as far as maybe they were, would have been projected to make it earlier this season. Uh, like, I agree with you guys, Sweet 16, probably. All right, so for these next five, we're going to do a little bit of rapid fire before we talk about Michigan State to wrap up. So, Sarah, I'll start with you quickly. What do you think about Purdue? Um, probably be out before the Sweet 16, honestly. They haven't been doing too hot. They've been kind of in and out of the AP polls. Um, they're kind of like at the same level as Michigan State is right now. Okay. Jaina? I'll see – I'll give Purdue – I think they could pull off – like an upset or, you know, make it a little bit farther than people might think, but I'll, I'll say sweet 16. I, I kind of have that same kind of feeling. I'm thinking, I'm thinking more sweet 16. That's where I see this team kind of being, they're at that four five line. So they're probably going to match up against the one. I don't see them beating a one seed, but I do think they're consistent. It's a really young team. See what happens with Matt Painter. It's going to be interesting. Uh, Iowa, Jane, I'll go to you for Iowa. I don't like Iowa right now. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I think, I, I mean, I love their skill. I think they're a really solid team. They have a lot of, you know, a lot of different guys, but I, I see something bad happening to them, kind of. I don't know. I'm going to say, like, Elite Eight, hopefully. Not hopefully, but hopefully for them. Yeah, yeah. I'd have to agree with you there. Um, I don't really like them that much. I feel like they're overrated a little bit, but uh, they're definitely going to make it far because of Luca Garza, so probably Elite Eight. The I, I just Iowa teams falter in March. I just time and time again I put them there and they just don't they don't fall through. Joe Wieskamp just had an injury, don't know his status, and that's gonna be important for him too. I'm gonna say second round sweet sixteen. That's where I've got them at. I like Luca Garza, but we'll see if it translates in March. Wisconsin. I'll start with Wisconsin. Really experienced team, hasn't really lived up to the expectations. They're a top ten team. I think they're a second round sweet sixteen max. Sarah, I'll go next to you for Wisconsin. Yeah, I'll probably agree with that. Um, I haven't really seen much of them play this year, but I do know that when we played them, they were pretty good. So I feel like they'll make it farther than us, but not super far. Jane, I'll go to you. I agree. I mean, they just played Iowa, and that was a real good game uh, a couple days ago, but they ended up losing 77-73. I see them falling as well, maybe a little early. I'll agree with you, Eli, probably Sweet 16. Uh, Next is Maryland. I have them as a second round exit uh, they're gonna be around that eight nine line I mean depends on the matchups I just I'm, they don't wow me any so that's I'm gonna say for second round exit Sarah your thoughts on Maryland uh yeah probably in sweet 16 they're not my favorite team right now they're not the best team out there um they've got a similar record to us so they'll probably make it maybe first round sweet 16 I'll agree. I think second round probably for Maryland. I don't, yeah, like you said, I don't think they wow me. Um, so I don't know how long they'll be able to last in March. Next is our podcast favorite, Rutgers. 
Um, again, I think this is kind of the same thing. They're just not, I don't know. Like I like Geo Baker a lot. I like some of the things they bring, but not huge on them this year. I think they're might have a, they're more of a second round. I'm disappointed they didn't get a chance and they're playing the best basketball last year. But this is what it is. Jaina, your thoughts on Rutgers. Yeah, I'm gonna say first round, maybe even. I don't know. I don't I don't see them having anyone who's super reliable, especially if they're in a deficit and they need to kind of turn to someone. I feel like they might kind of struggle there. So Yeah, no, um they're a team that like shockingly beat MSU by 30 points, but I feel like that that was like a once in a lifetime thing. And we're not going to see that happen again. And they're not going to make it very far in March. So then we'll wrap up with Michigan state and we can take an extra minute here for Michigan state. Um, finish well down the stretch. I, I think that Aaron Henry is shown a lot. I think the number one difference is going to be for them. is probably rocket Watts. Um, can he be that consistent force? Cause if he can next to, him or somebody can be that they can be that consistent scorer that's a team that can do some damage in March especially since I mentioned a couple times outside of the one seeds I don't think there's a lot of it's more it becomes matchups after that it's not really I don't think one team's really better than the other you know you look at teams around that line I think West Virginia the two seeds probably the one that I like the most and I think it seems that's final four potential but you start looking after that Ohio State's down Iowa's down uh, Villanova just had one of their best players gets hurt. They're going to be on that 2-3 line. Houston is a mid, kind of more – they're not quite mid-major than the American, but kind of still that same thing. And it all comes down to matchups after that. It's going to come down to matchups for Michigan State, too, and who's shooting well and who isn't. Um, but I think against the right teams, this is a Sweet 16 type of team with Aaron Henry. I don't think – you know, Izzo said it. I, I don't know if this is a team that's ever going to raise a banner, but – they have to get credited for what they've done so far to make it here. Cause we all counted them out about two, two, three weeks ago. We were, they were, they were done dead in the water and they made, they fought their way back. We'll see if they can get wins when they need to in the tournament, if they can stretch that together. I don't know that they're not going to get more than three games. I don't think they'll be able to stretch them together like that, but we'll see. I think they got sweet 16 potential, um, but we'll kind of see. Jaina, what are you thinking about Michigan state? Yeah, it's, in, I mean, I think it depends a lot on matchups, like you said, and I don't think I'm going to be able to give a full prediction t- until I see where they're seated and see kind of the bracket there. But I mean, they're in a similar spot to a certain time they were at last year when all they had was Cassius scoring and it was Xavier was kind of in a rough, like in a rough patch and they were looking for someone else to come and come and help produce. And that's kind of where they have been with Aaron Henry, obviously at a different level, but and kind of a similar narrative there. So hopefully if they're able to keep Rocket Watts consistent or Joey Hauser consistent, Josh Langford also consistent, I think that'll help them a lot in March and that'll be the difference. It does worry me because I think this team is very re- like receptive to watching film and learning. So we've noticed a lot in their first matchups against a team, they look a little rusty and then they see him again and they do a lot better, but you don't really have that time to watch the film and see a team twice um, during the tournament. So I, I agree. I'd say sweet 16 potential. I don't know how much farther than that. It just depends how um, consistent they're going to decide to be when they step out on the court. And you can kind of see that within the first probably five or 10 minutes that they're there. So we'll see. <laughs> It'll be game by game. Yeah, I definitely have to agree with Jaina. I'm hoping they take it day by day. Like they have been these last 16 days. That's kind of been their motto, like one day at a time. Um but yeah, I definitely agree with Jana. Like it, they are going to show us what they're going to bring within that first half of that first game. So I'd say they could probably make it to the first round of the Sweet 16. But 
I also don't want to get my hopes up because they haven't really shown out like they're used to. Um, like, yeah, like Eli, you said, Izzo said that they're not going to hang a banner. They're probably not going to. Um, that's kind of, I feel like they've already accepted that, but they're going to do their best to make it as far as they possibly can. And I feel like that's more important than them making it to hang a banner is that they're trying their hardest and that they are, you know, they're out there and they're playing to play. They're not specifically playing just because they want a title. I think we're all just glad we're all going to get some experience in the postseason basketball in March this year. Disappointing last year without it. I'm excited to have it back. I'm just, I'm, I'm like a kid in a candy store right now. I'm very excited for this to get going. Um, but we're all going to be in Indianapolis next week for the Big Ten tournament for men's and women's. I'll be for the women's side. Gina and Sarah will be there for the men's side. So stay tuned for that coverage coming up this week. And then I assume after the Big Ten tournament, we'll probably get together and talk about the men's tournament and pre probably preview the NCAA tournament a little bit once we get a bracket. So that should be really fun. Looking forward to that. So thank you, Sarah and Jaina, for coming on and uh, talking to men's hoops with us this week. Yeah, thanks, Eli. See you in Indy. Yeah, see you guys in Indy.